Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. You are going to be audited. What if you got that letter in the mail from the IRS? I don't think that would be exciting. You might be full of fear because of what if they find out this money that I probably should have paid taxes on but didn't. Or full of fear because this is something that's never happened before and you don't really know how it's going to go. Or full of frustration because you're not afraid that something unsettling is going to come in the end, but it's going to be a big pain and a lot of extra time wasted. Or you might say, fine, that's no big deal. I've got nothing to hide. I don't think it's going to take that long because it's not complicated, so I'm okay with getting an audit. Sure. As crazy as it sounds, As a Christian, that is how you can be as you think about God auditing your life one day on Judgment Day. And Jesus tells us a parable about why we can have the attitude of being fine, in great shape, even if God were to audit our lives, our thoughts, our words, our use of his money, everything we have. Jesus tells a parable about this today, the parable of the talents. And because it's on the longer side and because I've already read it once in the service, I'm not going to read the the sermon verses in the sermon as I normally would, but I'll be referring back to them from time to time. This parable was told by Jesus in the last week of his life. It's Tuesday of Holy Week, the last teaching day he had. Because Wednesday he rested, Thursday was Holy Thursday when he instituted the Lord's Supper, and then we all know what happened on Good Friday, and then Easter. This is Tuesday before all of that. And as Jesus was on the Mount of Olives with his disciples, where you could easily see the whole city of Jerusalem, where he was going to die in just a few days and rise again, the disciples asked him, How are we going to know if the end of the world is getting close? What are some signs? And Jesus gave them a long answer. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 24 and 25 on your own if you like. A summary would be, he said, there's going to be unsettling things. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be famines and earthquakes, and natural disasters. The love of most will grow cold. People are going to come and say, I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, follow me, except they're lying. And they lead you to hell if you listen, so don't believe them. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said. But my word will never pass away. 
And then he started to tell three parables, the second of which is our sermon verses for today. The first of which was our sermon verses last Sunday when he described himself as the bridegroom coming back for the wedding feast. And we are bridegrooms with lamps, or or bridesmaids, I mean, with lamps. And either we have oil in our lamp or not. A way to describe how we either have faith in God's promises on Judgment Day when the groom comes back or not. The verses for today describe the parable not of a bunch of bridesmaids waiting for the groom, but of a bunch of servants waiting for their master. It's not hard to guess who the master is in Jesus' parable. The master is Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus gave servants differing amount of his wealth to work with. To one, the master gave five bags of gold. To the second, he gave two bags of gold. To the third, he gave one bag of gold. And if you have an NIV 84 translation of the Bible or a different English translation, or if you knew Greek, you would know that bag of gold is the translation for a talent. And a talent in Bible times commodity was 19 years worth of a common laborer's wage. So... Average salary in the United States right now is $55,000 a year. So I just took 19 times that as the equivalent of one bag of gold. So you could think of this parable as the master was going away for a while and he gave one servant $5.5 million. The second servant, $2.2 million. The third servant, $1.1 million. And those servants knew these basic facts. The master is going away for a time. The master is coming back. The master expects you to use what he has entrusted you while he's gone. When the master returns, you will be audited based on what you did with what he gave you while he was gone. Two of the servants in Jesus' parable had a similar attitude, and one had an attitude that could not have been more different. For two of the servants, their attitude was a wow factor. Wow! The master thought so highly of me that he gave me this much to work with? While he was gone, I am special. And at once, the scripture says, these servants went to work with what he had given them. The third servant, though, had the polar opposite attitude. The third third servant looked at his bag of gold and was bitter. This master only harvests where he hasn't sown seed. In other words, somebody else does all the planting and then he rips in there and steals the harvest. With a snarl, with a suspicious attitude, that servant dug a hole in the ground, buried what he had been entrusted to by the master and let it sit there on purpose. 
And the scripture teaches that that third servant also buried what he had been given at once. So all the servants in the story at once did something. Two of them honoring God, knowing he was going to come back, looking for that day, and busy until that day came. And one servant angrily, with resentment, burying what he had been given, waiting for the servant or waiting for the master to come back, even though not really caring when it was, because quite frankly, that third servant was acting as though the master was a non-factor. The consequences of these three servants also could not have been more different. The consequences of the first two, did you hear the glee? The happiness, both of them heard their masters say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. A big happy sharing time was starting for eternity. And really, that happy sharing time had started long before as the master had given the servants something to work with, and as the servants happily went to work. But the third servant, the consequence, sends a chill up your spine. When the third servant was audited, he heard, you wicked, lazy servant, what he has, take it all away. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A description of the person without God ending up in hell for eternity. A place of weeping, sorrow, but then also gnashing of teeth and frustration. Still bitter and resentful towards God. It's not like that just goes away in time. We want to be audited on Judgment Day like the first two, don't we? And there is a part of you that is all in, just like those first two servants. There is a part of you that loves Jesus, that enjoys what he has given you, your personality, your money, your time, and is glad to serve him with all of it. But there's also a part of you, the sinful part of you, sinful part of me, that is just like that third servant that says, Humph, this is mine. My money, my time, my personality. I'm in charge, not him. And we bury the very idea that we should use what God has given us for his glory. There is a part of you and me that considers God a non-factor. Wow. Yes, our sinful nature really is that capable of terrible thought, words, and actions. And if that sinful nature were to drive what we do with our lives, what does the audit look like on Judgment Day? Because the audit will happen. Judgment Day is coming. We don't know when, but we know that it's coming. 
Will Jesus look at our bank statements and say, wow, you were really generous to my ministry? Or would he say, wow, you were really generous to yourself, weren't you? Would he look at our, our attitude? Because he knows our hearts. And would he say, wow, you were so trusting through thick and thin no matter what? Or would he say, wow, you really worried about a lot and acted like you were the king of the world and that didn't go very well, did it? What if he audits our attitudes? What if if he audited the words that come out of our mouth? Because the scripture in other places teaches that the Lord knows the words that come out of our mouth before we even say them. I don't think I have to go on much further before poking into your heart as well as into mine about how scary a Judgment Day audit would be if we were left alone without Jesus. And if a real mirror was held up to our lives. What God has entrusted to us until He comes back. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that we wouldn't have to face Judgment Day alone without Him. That's what Christmas is all about. We're starting to get ready for it this time of year. Jesus came so that He could live in our place with perfect use of His money, perfect trust in all things, perfect words coming out of His mouth, always speaking the truth in love no matter what. Jesus came to die in our place, redeeming us from our sin of misuse with His holy precious blood and with His innocent suffering and death. Jesus announces to the whole universe, including your very own heart, there is now no condemnation for those who are in me and what I say. Dear Christian, you have oil in your lamp, to borrow the parable analogy from last week. You have a faithful sign hanging around your neck because Jesus gave that to you through faith. You can look at Judgment Day audit And instead of being full of fear or frustration or doom and gloom, you can say rightly and confidently from the words of Scripture, fine, I'm ready, I'm good, because I'm not alone. I'm with Jesus, my Savior, and I will hear the Master say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. That announcement over you will echo throughout the hallways of heaven because of Jesus Christ and His finished work as well as the faith He has given you to believe it. That it's not just for other people out there, but it's for you. And with that in mind, we have a totally renewed approach the way we view our money, the way we view our time, the way we view our words, the way we view our opportunities. The Master has entrusted to me something very special. And in differing amounts, in the parable too, right? 
One of them got 5.5 mil, the other one got 2.2 mil, the other one got 1.1 mil, so differing amounts. We all have different personalities. We all have a different amount of money. We all have a different amount of time depending on the activities we do or do not have scheduled during the day. And yet, we all have something given to us from the king. We all have the command given to us from the king. Put it to work. Use it till I come back. And we all have this incredible opportunity to spotlight the king and keep marching, to use our money in a way that honors him and pleases him, only thanking him for what he has given us first, to use our time in ways that honor him, listening to others, leading them closer to Jesus, spending time in prayer, not ever thinking for one single second, this doesn't do any good, why should I bother? I already asked for that once or twice. Might as well stop. No, we can keep using our time in a generous way, spotlighting the king. The words that come out of our mouth. Who do you know that can use getting to know Jesus better? Ask God in prayer to give you chances to have opportunities to to do just that. Lead them closer to Jesus so that they can have the peace and even anticipation of Judgment Day that we have found. So that they can share in the Master's happiness too, along with us. So that they don't have to face Judgment Day alone and hear those blood-curdling, chilling words from the King on that day that is sure to come at some point. Martin Luther has many quote-worthy things that he said. And I know that I've mentioned this one before in a sermon, but it's worth bringing back. Here's what he had to say about anticipating Judgment Day. He said, Live each day like yesterday was Good Friday. Jesus died. But today is Easter. He rose. And tomorrow is Judgment Day. It's a way to say, let's get going. What have we got to lose? The clock is ticking. The Master's given us a lot to work with. Let's use what we have for Him and His glory. Spotlight Jesus, dear Christians, and keep marching because the King is coming back. And when He does, we will share in his happiness. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.